Hi, this is Katie Corcoran. Welcome to my podcast, Conscious Katie. Here I tell stories about how my personal health journey became a spiritual one, and the wild ride that comes with living consciously. Hi everyone, this is episode five. Thanks so much for listening. I want to share with you something that I've been experiencing since I launched my podcast about a month ago. As I mentioned in my intro episode number one, I've been flirting with the idea of starting my own podcast for years. It was something I was drawn to, but equally something that I resisted. So when the time came this year, suddenly a shift happened within me. And suddenly I just got really excited at the idea of having my own podcast. And I was just ready. It was all systems go. I was fully in it. And it was such a delight to experience because it was one of those times when the energy is just so pure. And I was going through the creative process fully and experiencing it completely. And it was just, I, I knew it was so spot on, if you know what I mean. Like when you go through the creative process and you are aware of your energy in it and in relation to the creation, you can gauge what's going on for you. If there's something off, if there's resistance, if there's shadow it, or just different things coming up. And when it came to launching this podcast, when I was working on it in April and I launched it in early May, it was amazing. I, I remember saying to friends, this is what it's like. This is what it means to go through the creative process and really create something that you really, really want, truly desire to create. Because I have consciously in the last number of years as I've learned more about what does it mean to consciously create? Meaning, really connect to your true desires, not your egoic desires, but what does your higher self truly desire? And connect to the energy of that and really tune into that. And also tune into what's your current reality in relation to that? What comes up for you? What are your beliefs in relation to having that and creating that? And as you go along the process of taking the steps towards that creation, all that goes into that. And so that's something that I have been practicing over you know, the last number of years as I've gone along on my journey, and particularly since I quit my job and went traveling and really started to learn more about intuition and all of that and consciousness. I was applying it in my everyday life in terms of creating jobs, creating clients, creating homes, creating experiences, creating a nice meal for myself, all those things that are important and great, but they weren't necessarily things that I was super passionate about. As much as I am really passionate about working with clients and sharing what I've learned and building that journey, there was a lot of stuff associated with it. And there's always been this kind of uncertainty of what am I building towards and all that. And when it came to the podcast, there no longer was any uncertainty for me. It was completely, I am so excited to do this. And as I said in my intro episode, 
I am creating this because this is my art. And in that way, I'm doing this for me because it's a pure desire of mine. And I'm also doing this because this just wants to come through me and I'm sharing it as such. So I didn't care what it became necessarily. Of course, I would love for this to reach as many people as possible and hopefully for this to help people and to connect with people and to raise questions and to inspire and encourage people. But all of that would just be the cherry on top. Like I'm doing this regardless of whether or not that happens. So that was the energy that birthed this podcast. And I was excited to see what, what momentum this builds and where this leads. And in the weeks that followed the launch, I wasn't connecting to the podcast in the way that I once had or in the way that I had only weeks prior. I remember in the launch announcement, I said something like, this is all I want to do now. I'm having so much fun. I am loving this. I just want to do more of it. So it was absolutely confounding to me that after I launched my first episodes, suddenly I wasn't feeling this pull to make more episodes. I fully expected to just be producing them constantly because that's how I felt at the launch. So it was weird. And at first I was just kind of observing it. I was kind of questioning, what is this about? What has shifted? And it wasn't that I no longer wished to do the podcast. It wasn't as if I felt complete on it or that was just something I did and now I'm not going to do it anymore. I very much still wanted to keep it alive. And I really also wanted to instill a discipline within myself and really create a commitment to myself and to anyone out there who might be listening regularly that I wanted to be putting these out regularly. As much as I'm going to trust my intuition and also go with what's true to do in terms of, okay, let's take a beat here. Don't have to <laughs> publish an episode today. At the same time, I want to keep a certain discipline of and commitment of Let's put these out regularly. Let's not fall into the trap of, oh, suddenly three months go by and I haven't put one out yet. Because that could easily happen. I, I started to feel a little, little low. I started to feel almost a little depressed. Not like I have a depression, but just depressed of like, I'm just going to kind of check out here. And I didn't know if this was at least, you know, partially or fully in relation to the podcast or maybe other things happening in my life or just the energy of what's going on astrologically or collectively or just a, an amalgamation of all the things. So I let it be for a little bit and I did create an episode that I'm proud of, but it definitely was still a different energy from the launch. And not that I always have to carry the full-blown launch energy with me into every episode that I produce, but I also want to be very mindful of the energy that I do hold when I'm producing these, that I, my commitment is to show up fully and to show up honestly. How I decide what I'm going to talk about in every episode, for the most part, is really just I'm tuning into what's true to talk about in this next episode. As you can already probably tell, I'm not sharing my health story as events occurred sequentially. I'm hopping around to, I quit my job and went traveling to, okay, let's rewind back a number of years to before I even had a Lyme diagnosis, and then fast forward to the next thing. So I'm hopping around and telling my personal anecdotes 
to support the thematic messages of particular episodes. And I am fully trusting my intuition to guide me as to what those topics are in each episode and how that will happen. What has occurred to me in these last few days as I was mindful of, okay, it's really coming time for me to create another podcast episode because I don't want to go too long without releasing one. But equally, I was pretty low and I wasn't, (laughs) I really didn't feel like doing one. And quite honestly, if I had shown up, I have no idea what I would have talked about and the energy would have been different for sure. (laughs) A friend finally said something to me that connected the dots for me because I had shared with her that I was feeling kind of low. And I said to her, some days I'm having great days. It's not like this continuous, like low-grade depression by any stretch. It, it, it just was a shift in the energy in relation to the podcast, as well as overall me having some relatively low days and not really knowing why. And noticing a change in those low days within me. It wasn't just having kind of an off day. It was me having experienced years of depression, knowing the difference between being sad, being low, having an off day, experiencing certain emotions versus the beginnings of a depression or feeling depressed without really having full-on depression. And I started to notice in myself this feeling of not even really wanting to get out of bed. Still getting out of bed every morning and continuing with my day. But that feeling of what it's like safer to stay in bed. In other words, I'd rather not engage with the world, with life, with my day. I'd rather just roll over and stay under the covers because it's just easier. And with that comes this sort of surrendering of whatever ramifications there would be if I were to do that. And to me, that was like, oh, wow, I haven't felt that way in quite a while. I spent a lot of my sophomore year in college in bed, skipping classes, not engaging socially. There were days when I did get up and go to class. There were days when I got up and spent time with friends. Obviously, in college, it's hard to avoid people. You have a roommate, you're living on a floor with classmates, you're living on campus surrounded by literally thousands of other people. So I noticed that within myself of, oh, wow, that's like a different level that I haven't experienced in a while. And it's interesting because a week before that, I was talking to the same friend and somehow we got on the topic of what we allow in our lives. And I somehow got to talking about how I said, look, I've learned in life to never say never. That being said, I feel this in my body within myself that I will never allow myself to reach the depths of depression that I was once in earlier in my life. It's not to say, obviously, I'm never going to feel low again. And I might have like these low-grade depressive times. I don't know. I haven't really experienced too many of them in the years that have followed. My depression, I believe, was a combination of my Lyme, which is a neurological disease, as well as just being symptomatic of being chronically ill. If you're sick for years at a time, you're more than likely going to start to feel depressed. Depression 
is a long-term feeling or belief of powerlessness. A mentor of mine gave an analogy that I think is, is just so super perfect for this. He said, if you experience short periods of feeling powerless for whatever reason, that's like the equivalent of getting arrested. If you get arrested, you are powerless in that moment. You've given over your power. You've lost your sovereignty. You've lost your freedom, right? You're literally in handcuffs. The police are taking you into custody. Of course, you always have your power, but you'd likely feel powerless in that moment. Again, understanding that these are feelings. These are emotions. This isn't the truth because the truth is you always have your power. It's just a matter of how you feel, how you discern a certain situation. So by contrast, he said, if you go to prison, you don't have any control over how your day goes because you're sitting in a cell all day long and maybe you get taken out of the cell for an hour, but you get told this is what you have to do during that hour and you're just served food. You don't get a choice. That's a long-term feeling of powerlessness because for years now, you don't get really too much of a say in how your life is. So that's certainly how I was feeling as the years went on and I was getting sicker and having to withdraw more and more from, quote, normal life. That gave me certainly a feeling of I'm no longer in control of my life, so I feel powerless. And that yielded depression. And at the same time, unbeknownst to me, I have Lyme disease, which is, in the words of my psychiatrist, who I would see later on, it's shredding your nervous system. So just to share with you, one of my first sessions with this psychiatrist, and it was not the first time I saw a psychiatrist, but when I started working with this particular psychiatrist, it was right after I graduated college. And she said to me, well, first I showed up and I was extremely anxious and very low, really depressed. She shared later on that when I showed up in her office that day, I was way worse than she expected me to be based on the little that she knew before me coming in to her office for the first time and officially becoming a patient of hers. So like she literally wrote me a prescription that day for something. She was like, we just have to calm you down. Like, I mean, I was really freaking out. It wasn't the first time that I was experiencing extreme anxiety and depression. And it wasn't the first time I was seeing a psychiatrist. But in that particular moment at age 22, I literally just turned 22 and I graduated from college. Things were pretty extreme. And in later sessions, she shared with me, look, I don't think you're mentally ill. Yes, you're anxious and depressed, but you have Lyme disease. By then I knew, when I had gotten the Lyme diagnosis, she said, like you have Lyme disease that's literally shredding your nervous system and you're chronically ill. So of course you're going to be depressed. Who wouldn't be depressed? And so I always carried that with me as a reminder to myself and also as sort of a compassion point when I would interact with other people, potentially other sick people. Like, of course you're going to be that way, given your circumstances. And again, it's not really giving into this victimhood of, oh, there's nothing you can do. Of course you should feel horrible. Your life is shit. No, but it's understanding and cause and effect, at least in the short term. And so coming back to how I've been feeling since the launch of my podcast, having related very recently to the same friend, this story of how I feel like I went to the depths of depression and 
I got over the depression. She asked me straight up. She said, how do you think you got out of your depression? And much like what I said in relation to just being chronically ill when it comes to my mental health journey, I can't look back and point to one particular thing and say, this was the thing that changed everything. I think it was a combination of things. One of the big things I believe, well, there are a couple of big things, actually. Obviously, a big one was getting well, right? Like once I was physically healthy and could start engaging more in real life again and going out with friends and having a more, again, quote, normal life, of course, that was going to make me feel better. That being said, people get depressed living their everyday lives. And I certainly have been too. So it's not just that, but that certainly helped. What also helped, of course, was getting rid of the neurological <laughs> illness that was, in the words of psychiatrist, shredding my nervous system. I'm sure that helped too. What I said to this friend though too was, I think a big thing for me was a changing of structure and installation of structure after graduating college. Part of, I think, what had really set me off was losing the structure of school. As much as I had been really depressed at times during school, by my senior year, I had gotten to a place where I was interacting and engaging with that structure. I was going to class. I was getting really good grades because I was actually doing my homework and learning and I was doing well. I had a boyfriend. I had studied abroad the semester before. I had made new friends. I had had those experiences. And so I was doing well. And all that got pulled out from under me when I graduated. And so not surprisingly, looking back, that was a major trigger point. And I was really depressed because I didn't know what I wanted to do next. I didn't know what kind of job I wanted to get. I didn't know what I wanted to do my with my life. It was so hard for me to imagine what to do with my life because I was dealing with so much with illness. It was like, oh, now I have to you know, decide my future. It just seemed ridiculous on some level. I took the year after college off. I was ill. And yet there were times that I could go out with friends. A lot of my old high school friends were back in town because either they were figuring out their next move or they were living at home to save money or they were, you know, going to graduate school or whatever it was. So that was fun. But at the same time, I only had so much energy and I only could turn it on at certain times and only after I had been in therapy and on medication for many months. So it was a weird place. And as I shared in episode two, it was about a year after I graduated that I'd reached a place where I first prayed, where I felt like, okay, I'm now in a more stable place where I'm ready to take the next step in my life. And I prayed, please send me something that I can build my new life around, whether it be a group of friends that I can really start engaging with regularly and build the life around that, or whether it be a job that I can start building that life around, whatever it is. And as you recall from episode two, it was literally within days that I was offered my first job. And that job really helped continue my journey to get well because it installed a new structure in my life of, okay, I'm going to get up every day now and go to work and I have purpose and I have responsibilities and I'm meeting new people and I'm having new challenges. Like I had to focus on other things other than being sick, other than being depressed. And that's not in any way minimizing what it is to be depressed. 
It's not to say like, oh, yeah, sure. If I just sit around all day and like tell myself that I'm sad, I'll be sad. There can be a component to that. And that's why I do believe pulling yourself out of that to the extent that you can and creating new structures and new focuses does help. But I also know what it means to be really, really in the trenches. When you are severely depressed, you can't go to work. I couldn't have gone to work when I was at the depths of my depression. Mostly because I just didn't give a fuck. Like, I consider myself a really responsible human being. I care about my responsibilities. I show up. I care about having integrity and doing what I say I'm going to do and showing up for people. That said, as I became more depressed in my college years, all of that went out the window. Elementary school, middle school, high school student Katie could not fathom just blowing off college to to the degree that I did when I was really depressed and anxious. I didn't care about my grades. I didn't care about really even going. I cared enough to not flunk out. I cared enough to not drop out, but I was not the uber responsible student that I had been. There was a level of just, I can't do it anymore. It is sort of this feeling of just defeatism. If you were to ask me what's one of the qualities that I'm proud of most in myself, it would be my tenacity. And much of that, I believe, comes from this whole journey that I didn't stop. Yes, there were times like sophomore year of college that I spent a lot of time in in bed just with the blind shut, not wanting to engage with the world at all. Yes, I had those moments, those periods of time. But in the overall journey, I kept going and I kept fighting. Even in those times when I was just like, I don't even want to deal. I was, quote, dealing as best I could, as best I knew how to. I was going to therapy once a week. So I was driving home from college every weekend to see my psychiatrist. I was taking the medication that I'd been been prescribed. So to me, that was as much as I could do. In other words, I did not want to be depressed. I wanted to be well. I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to have the zest for life that's just inherent within me. But it like my light had been dimmed. And so it was all I could do to just do that. So that's what I mean when I say, listen, at the depths of my depression, there's no way I could have installed a structure like work or something. But over time, I had installed certain structures, right? Like I was seeing a doctor. I was working on it. I was aware of it. And I shared with my family and my closest friends, this is what's going on with me. It consumed my life. But I was doing what I felt I could do so that it wasn't going to take my life and it wasn't going to be my reality for the rest of my life. And even quite honestly, the recognition within me of what was going on, not necessarily knowing fully what it was or understanding fully what it was, but knowing, okay, something's not right here. It harkens to last episode of being your own advocate. Early on my freshman year of college, I recognized, okay, something's really wrong here. I had started to experience anxiety my junior year of high school and my grades did dip and I did stop, you know, playing sports and I did withdraw somewhat socially and that carried through to an extent to senior year, but it was mild relative to what it would become. 
but I remember very clearly getting to college and I don't know how many weeks or months into freshman year it was, but it was certainly <laughs> relatively early on. I remember walking outside my dorm and calling childhood friend and saying to her, I need help. I think I'm depressed. And that was a big moment, right? Like no one had suggested that to me. No one had said to me like, hey, we think something's wrong with you or hey, we've noticed a change in you or hey, is everything okay? Because there was just a lot changing at that time in my life, applying to colleges and finishing high school and then going to college. And so it's a very, it can be a very tumultuous time in life. It's a very exciting time in life. But talk about changing structures or being uprooted from everything you've ever known in life, leaving your, your family home, going to live on your own for the first time, having to make all these you know, decisions for yourself. That's incredibly liberating and exciting for a lot of kids, but especially for me, it was daunting given everything that I was experiencing. And I remember getting to college and being so anxious. I couldn't walk across the quad. The, the idea of making a certain walk from my dorm across campus to a certain class, I felt like everybody in the world, <laughs> everyone on campus was just staring at me. Obviously, that was totally irrational. And on some level, I understood that. But it was paralyzing me. And I remember sitting in a classroom and just thinking, everybody's looking at me and everybody thinks there's something wrong with me or I'm going to ask a dumb question. And this was so not me. I was such a confident student. I wasn't particularly self-conscious. Of course, like any teenager, I had insecurities. But this was such a, a shift and such a new low, totally different level. And so I recognized that in myself and it was like, fuck, I don't want to be like this. Like, this is fucking crazy. You can't look like this. But also it was a little scary because it was like, I don't know what's going on with me. That's just fucking weird that I can't walk across the campus now. Like, what is that about? That's really bizarre. But also just feeling really, really sad. Really sad. It wasn't even that it was upsetting, though, of course, it was just really low. I was depressed and I couldn't find a, a way out. I couldn't shake it. And that's when I realized, hey, I have a problem here. And that's when I made that phone call to the friend and said, I need help. I think I'm depressed. We talked about it a little bit and I decided, okay, I'm going to have to you know, go home this weekend and tell my parents and say, hey, I think I, I need to seek like professional help. And that's what I did. So self-advocacy, recognizing, hey, something's not right. I didn't want that to be true. I didn't want to be depressed. I didn't, certainly my freshman year of college, I didn't want that to be the focus. But this was my life. This was my reality. And until I dealt with it, nothing was going to change. Now, little did I know that it was going to take years and that I was actually going to get lower before I got higher and that there wasn't going to be a linear road to recovery. There were going to be highs and lows. There were going to be a lot of bumps, a lot of bumps in the road. But that was a first step. It was a big step. And so to bring this back all the way to where I started with the start of this episode, since the launch of my podcast, I have been experiencing kind of a lowness that is absolutely not depression. But I did reach a threshold that 
raised a flag for me where I, I was like, oh, I do remember kind of feeling like this at moments when I actually was depressed. And so just having reached that point, like I mentioned earlier, of like, I will never allow myself to get to those depths again. You know, raising it and being like, I was talking to a friend and being like, yeah, so I've noticed this in myself. And she pointed out to me, she said, you have wanted to do this podcast for years and you have resisted doing it. And I've resisted it for different reasons, but that resistance lived within me. It lived in my body. And then I went and did it. And that was a big leap forward. And so that's why I was saying to her, I was kind of surprised that I'm not really building any momentum from it. I'm actually kind of feeling the opposite, kind of feeling low. That's bizarre to me. And she was like, think about it. You took this massive step forward and did something that you've been wanting to do, but have resisted doing for years. That's a big deal. But you didn't address it in your body. The fear still lives in your body. Your body's kind of afraid of what this means. You're taking this big leap forward. And I just thought, how ironic. Here I am launching this podcast about mind-body-spirit connection. And in the last episode in particular, I was talking about the importance of connecting with your body and how your body will lead you. And it has the messages for you. And here I am taking this big step forward. And I didn't connect to my body when I did it. And so because of that, I got low. My body contracted. And what my friend also pointed out to me is when you create something like that, there's a lot of energy at play. And I didn't even think about that. And I didn't hold it, if you will. I didn't know how to deal with that amount of energy. So I dropped. That's why I went from not a high, but big energy to low energy in a relatively short period of time. To look at it on paper, to just look at the series of events, if you don't look at it from an energetic standpoint or don't understand energy, it doesn't really make sense because you're like, hey, you did something that you've wanted to do for a really long time. You overcame whatever fear you had. You let go of whatever resistance you had. You actually realized the dream. You made the desire a reality. You birthed this great thing. You birthed this thing that you love and you did it in an incredibly pure way. What could go wrong? <laughs> and it's not that anything went wrong, right? It's a great reminder. It's a great lesson. And it's so pertinent to exactly what I'm talking about in this podcast. So there's a timeliness to it. I have not learned yet how to hold bigger energy. And I believe it's kind of an ongoing lesson. As you learn to hold more energy, then you are asked to hold more energy and more bigger and bigger, quote, bigger and bigger creations. It's just the energy around it, right? It's not even necessarily having to do with the scale of size of the actual creation. It's just the energy. And I am still in the beginning stages of understanding that that's at play and really being much more cognizant of that in my creative process. Launching the podcast, that was a great opportunity. I was aware of it to a degree. I was really aware and really excited to be experiencing the creative process in such a pure way to create something that I truly desired with this podcast. Quite honestly, I think it did occur to me, hey, this is big energy now because I'm creating something. But the flip side of that or that is like the next thought wasn't, okay, this is big energy. Let me be with that. 
and learn to or try to start to like just how to hold that at the same time connecting to my body. So it's really two pronged. And that's really what my friend was explaining to me. I didn't connect to my body as part of this birthing process, which if you were to take the birthing process literally and think about birthing a human, that's kind of ridiculous to not include your body. So in some ways, it's equally as ridiculous to have not really clued into my body more in this process. But I was just like doing the things like, what do needs to be done? Just being really excited and wanting to quote, do it right and taking the time that it needed. But I, because I was in such a good headspace about it and my emotions were so pure, I didn't really clock that there were going to be any issues. And I didn't really feel into my body to just check in and see what's going on and see what comes up. I didn't do a body scan. And in retrospect, I probably should have. <laughs> and so equally, this big energy was felt by my body, in my body, without me really realizing it. And what my friend was saying, was, I can't tell you, you have to learn on your own. Everybody, each person has to learn on their own how to hold that energy, how to hold bigger energy. And so that's what I'm going to now start to do moving forward and understanding that it may not be perfect the first time out. That's just the next learning thing. But the point is to use my body in that process, connect to my body. That's how I'm going to learn. Just as I was saying in episode four, when it came to navigating my physical illness journey, I had to use my body as my compass and kind of connect to it and say like, hey, does this resonate? What's going on? That needs to happen as part of the creative process really all the time. Doing that will help me start to feel and own and just connect to different energies more, including what I'm creating and, and dealing with a larger amounts of energy than perhaps I'm used to. And over time, my thresholds will rise. I'll be able to more easily hold bigger and bigger amounts of energy. And there won't be this crash that I experienced after the launch of my podcast. It won't be like, oh, because you did this cool thing, inevitably what comes up must come down. No. By learning to work with the energy and learning to hold the energy, I'll be able to direct it how I want to direct it, where I want it to go and continue to use it for next creation and just use it however I choose. That process has already begun. Once I had that conversation with my friend and I still had the intention of, I want to really get back to creating new podcast episodes, I started to connect to my body. It was like, oh, okay, let's start the conversation. And I just asked, what do you need? And it was a hug. So I hugged myself and then there was crying because I was just feeling whatever emotion I was feeling. And I just started to stretch and move my body and really talk to it and really vowed to include it more. Like I've really now kind of clicked that it needs to be a step in the process and not even just a step, but an ongoing aspect of the process so that eventually that becomes just a natural thing for me of I'm just going to be in such continuous conversation with my body and so in tune that I'll just be getting whatever feedback there is and adjusting if need be or processing it or redirecting or whatever it is. In other words, working with the energy. So by starting to work with that energy again, here I am now today recording this from a much different <laughs> energetic space, a much different mental space, a much different emotional space than I was in 
at different times during this week and really reconnecting to the fun and excitement of, of recording and getting back into the swing of things. It was a bump in the road, but as usual, there was gold to mine and it was a perfect thing to share for this episode. And it's a gift. I thought, wow, I was planning to talk more about my experience with depression and anxiety in future episodes. And I didn't know exactly when, because like I said, I really follow my intuition as to what each episode will cover. But what occurred to me when talking with this friend and kind of processing all of this, I thought, wow, this is actually the perfect time to start talking more about my depression. Because as much as I obviously remember being depressed and all that went along with it, I was experiencing this little, little tidbit of what I did experience in the past. I did reach that point of like, I'd rather just stay in bed. And I didn't indulge it. And I instead was like, okay, let me just experience this again and feel this and kind of note it and actually use it in this episode. Here is a real-time moment that I can connect to and speak about my broader journey with depression and anxiety. Certainly, I have more to say about this. Certainly, there's much more that happened with my journey, but I just wanted to share with you where I am in my podcasting journey in this moment. Here we are, episode five. I am truly excited about that. Like, that's just really freaking cool. Just say, here I am, episode five. And I really was actually upset that I had lost this fire and this excitement to podcasts. I want to keep having fun doing this. I'm like, where did it go? And kind of knowing it couldn't have just evaporated into thin air, that there was something happening. And it was a great reminder to me of the importance of connecting to my body now moving forward when I do take these steps and how much work I still need to do in terms of moving my body more and connecting to my body more. That is, that is an ongoing journey for me, for sure. And also just the gift that it gave me in reconnecting me in a much more authentic, intimate way with my depression. And also, I want to stress the importance to me, and I think the importance to so many, of getting to that place that I've gotten to with my depression of never again. And I am always really careful when I say that to people and when I'm saying that now, because I always feel the need to caveat it because it's like I said before, like, who am I to know what the future holds? I know I can really never say never. And I know, of course, there's always a possibility in the future that I might have depression again. Like I might get really depressed again. That being said, I do think there is also this thing that you can reach a point where you're just not available. I believe you really can reach this point with anything, including illness, where you're just not available for it anymore. And it is a true shift in your body that happens. And that's how uh, it really, with my depression, it was the first time I'd really experienced it. And I just knew what it was without anybody having to tell me. I could feel it in my body where I was like, never fucking again. And it wasn't from this place of victimhood of suffering of I can never do this again because I just can't. No, it was from the warrior position of never again. I am setting the boundaries. I am setting the energetic boundaries, the mental boundaries, the emotional boundaries, the energetic, spiritual, all of it. And I'm getting chills as I'm saying this because this is 
1000% what it is. I set those boundaries and they are firm boundaries. They are flexible enough to say, hey, I might have a little bout here or there, or just like I did this week of like, oh, okay. But then knowing, okay, but I'm going to bounce back from that. I come out of that. I understand what it is. I pull myself out because I just, I won't go there again. I won't allow it. And it may be hard for some people to understand that because it may sound like this naive wish of like, yeah, sure, we'd all like to say, I just won't allow it. But it is commanding. It's commanding. I'm not available for it. And I say that from a place of no fear. And that's quite honestly a really tremendous thing to be, to experience, and to say. Because if you've been depressed and anxious in your life, there can be a tremendous amount of fear that can come with it because you start to wonder, my God, am I losing control of my mind? And that is probably the scariest thing for all of us, right? You've lost control of your emotions, of your thoughts. You just feel completely hijacked. And that has an effect on your body for sure. So to be able to, to stand here right now and say, from a place of complete neutrality, not a place of fear, just a place of knowing, I will not allow this. I'm not available for it. Never again. That's the truth. And it's a tremendous place to be. And it's a place that you can get to, whether it be with your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, what have you. Whatever it is that's plaguing us, we can get to this place. And it wasn't even like I set out to get to this place, quite honestly. I just got to a place of full completion with it. I've been to the depths of hell and back more than once. I came out the other side. And it was a decision that I made where it was just, I'm done with that. I really let it go with an understanding that, sure, something may pop up here and there. It's the same thing with my physical illness. I, I understand that I will get sick here and there again in my life. I have gotten sick here, here and there again in my life. But I also know I have the tools to deal with whatever comes. And I also know that because of the work that I've done and because of the understandings that I have when it comes to health and body-mind-spirit connection, I'm not going to be in the same place again that I ever was. I can handle this. I can deal with this. I've got this. It doesn't have the power over me. And that's absolutely true when it comes to my depression. I have slayed that dragon. 1,000% I have slayed that dragon. It's an extraordinary place to be. I am so grateful to be in that place. It's so fucking amazing. And it, it's really set the bar for me to reach that place with other aspects of my life because it is such a place of liberation, such a place of power. I mean, think about that. Talk about coming out the other side. We talked about earlier that depression is a feeling of long-term powerlessness. And here I am saying, I have the power over the depression now. It holds no power over me. None. Zero. That's amazing. I full-on celebrate that. I reached that place many years ago, but I continue to celebrate having reached that place and continuing to be in that place. So that's a great place to leave it for now. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.